0: Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. Tonight, I want to speak to you on a very simple subject, but I think a powerful one. And it's this, why I'm a Christian. Why? I am a Christian. You know, in the little township in which I live, I live in the lower Blue Mountains. So if you know the Blue Mountains, you come across the Nepean River. And you come into the first village, which is called Glenbrook. And then the next village is Blacksland. And that's where I live with my family. And there's a, there's a guy in our, in our village who, about four years ago, began A cafe. And it turned out that he made really, really good coffee. So I began to go to his cafe and uh, just befriend him and just get to know him. Can I encourage you that being a Christian is about influence, but it's not so much about preaching. People don't need you to preach to them they just need you to be a friend. And if you just show up and just be be kind. For example, when you order your coffee, you patiently wait. You don't get irritated when it's not coming. You don't get irritated when someone jumps in in front of your line. You just take it in your stride. And when you get your coffee, you're courteous. You, you, you appreciate it. You thank them. And While they're making your coffee, you you have a conversation. It's amazing when you do that, how people can get to know you. So in that cafe where I go, it's called Dan's Coffee Coffee House. I've gotten to know so many people. I've gotten to know firemen and all sorts of people that when I go and have a coffee and I sit down at a table, all these people just come around. And one of the things I try to do is keep it a secret that I'm a Christian. Because I don't want people to be, you know, because you know when they find out you're a Christian, they start apologizing for swearing. <laughs> and and they start saying all kinds of things because they feel and you don't want people to feel uncomfortable. I'm not shocked when people swear. I'm not upset when someone I'm not religious. I just want to be a friend. You know, when you look at Jesus, the Bible says he was a friend of publicans and sinners. And everywhere Jesus went, people wanted to be with him. And you've got to ask yourself, why is, it, why is it that people wanted to be with Jesus? Well, I think there's lots of reasons, but one is that he was, he was just real. He just loved people. He didn't judge them. He just loved on them. And because he loved on them, people wanted to be with him. So a few months ago, I preached this sermon in our church, Why I'm a Christian. And Dan, who owns that cafe, came along to listen to me speak. And he was the first one to put his hand up when I made the salvation appeal. And he gave his life to Christ because he said to me afterwards, you answered every question I had about God in a really simple way. And it just made sense. Because it made sense, I decided to become a Christian. And he's on a journey, and I'm discipling him, and part of that process of just helping him find his way in life. And I just want to encourage you, you know, in, in the places that you go, the different places that you shop or just befriend people, just be a nice person. <laughs> and they'll find out that, that you have a belief that is a foundation in your life. And then you'll get the opportunity to tell them why you're a Christian. So let me read something to you from Mark chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. It's from the NIV translation. And this is how it reads. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. Come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. You know, the reason that Jesus brought you into his kingdom, and I just want to pause for a moment and just remind you, that the Bible says nobody can come to God unless the Holy Spirit draws them. So we are blessed and privileged that if you have made that decision, you had that conviction in your heart, that you decided that you wanted to say yes to God, it was a direct result of Him drawing you. It's a direct result of God calling, just like Jesus did here with Simon and his brother Andrew, He saw them, and he said, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. And Jesus has called you. He's brought you into his his kingdom. He's given you the hope that we are going to talk about in a moment. And he's given you the opportunity to make a difference in somebody else's life. He's called you. He's brought you in to send you out, to share with others. And, you know, we can change the world one life at a time. You know, we can become overwhelmed by the need. You, you, but if every one of us just take on personal responsibility to reach out to someone in our world, the knock-on effect of that can be incredible. You know, you, you win a friend to the Lord. You win in your social set... You win someone to Christ, they in turn have a group of friends, they lead, and ultimately, and it happens in church life, when someone becomes a Christian, and then their friend becomes a Christian, and their friend becomes a Christian, all of a sudden you've got this exponential growth. And that's what happens in It's as simple as that. So what we have is incredible. So let me remind you and tell you why I'm a Christian. What caused me? The benefits of being a Christian, number one. It's as simple as this. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I'm forgiven for my past. Now, I was raised in a home where my parents became Christians when I was five years of age. I was born into a family that uh, had a trucking business. I was, my father worked in a business with his father and his brother. It was the largest privately owned trucking company in New Zealand where I was born. And, uh, but sadly, my grandfather, as a result of the success of his business, of their business, turned to alcohol and gambling. And ultimately, the business had to be sold, and it broke up the marriage. My grandparents split, and it was a bit of a disaster. But as a, as a result of that, my grandmother found the Lord. And she was the first in our family to become a Christian. And I remember as a seven-year-old, his, her influence in my life, talking to me about Jesus and encouraging me as a little boy. And ultimately, I made my decision to follow Christ. It wasn't until I was at the age of 18 when I really committed my life to Jesus and pursued God with all my heart. But the benefits for me of being a Christian is I am forgiven. See, sin selfishness alienates us from God. So we require his forgiveness. They say that institutions are filled with people driven by guilt. And one of the great things about salvation is that Jesus comes and he removes from us all the guilt and gives us freedom. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come gives us a fresh start. And so Daniel, who owns that cafe, Dan's Cap Coffee House, he often says to me, it's amazing to feel free. It's an amazing thing to know I am forgiven. Because our sin involves rebellion against God. And, and we, we live our life without any reference to the one who created us. But God created us. And when we realize that God created us and gave us an incredible potential to realize such an amazing future, through Him we find peace and we find release. Let me take you to a scripture in 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 to 10. Let me read this to you. 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 to 10. It says this, If we claim to be without sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him to be a liar, and his word is not in us. The Bible says in Romans, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So everyone needs a savior. And the most powerful thing is that we have in Christ as a believer is we find forgiveness. So I gave my life to Christ as basically as a five-year-old, really committed my life and prayed a prayer, a sinner's prayer. Never underestimate a prayer a child prays. But it wasn't until the age of 18, after three and a half years of trying to run from the call of God, and that's another story... Uh, I tried to run from the call of God. God really got a hold of my life. And I'm grateful to God for His forgiveness. I'm grateful to God for His peace. I appreciate what I've received. And it's good to remind yourself, being a Christian, what it means. Otherwise, you can become very blasé about your relationship with God. You know, I don't read the Bible because I have to. You don't have to read the Bible You don't have to pray, you don't have to give your finance, and you don't have to come to church to be a Christian. But you do it, I read my Bible, and I pray, and I give my finance, and I come to church because I love God. And because I love Him, I don't want to miss church. Because I love Him, I want to read the Bible. Because I love Him, I want to pray. And because I love him, I want to give my finance. Because I know whatever I give, the small part that I give does make a difference. It makes a difference in someone's life. And so the chair you're sitting on tonight is a result of somebody, at some point in the life of this church, gave the finance so that that chair could be bought. And so we appreciate the sacrifice of those who give to make church reality. So we don't have to do anything, but we do it because we love God. So His forgiveness, His unconditional love for us is an amazing benefit that I have as a Christian. Why am I a Christian? Because tonight I am forgiven. And because I have no guilt. Because if I make a mistake, I can just go to God, confess, Find forgiveness and be released. Secondly, the benefits of being a Christian is I have a great hope for my future. And not just forgiveness for my sin, for my past, but I have a hope for my future. You know, the tragedy in the world in which we live, people find there's no hope. They worry about their future. They worry about their security. They worry about where it's all going to land. But you know, as a believer, as a Christian, you know our hope is in Jesus. And we have an incredible hope that is an amazing thing. Psalm 42 in verse 5 reads like this. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him. My Savior and my God put your hope in God you know our hope is not in our money you can take nothing into eternity my father in law just a few weeks ago passed away he was ninety six years of age two years back uh, my mother in- law passed away and now my father in law has passed away and and Marilyn and I are going to inherit a third of his estate. So there's two brothers and Marilyn, the oldest, the daughter. So the three siblings will receive a third of each of, of their estate. Now that's nice, but it just brings home to me that we, take, we bring nothing into the world and we take nothing out except people. The people that we lead to Jesus. So the reality is that we can work so hard and we can strive so hard for things that don't really matter. You know, I I watch young couples, particularly in Sydney, who, who stretch themselves to the max to buy a house with massive mortgages and massive debts. And I think to myself, I don't reckon it's worth it. The pressure that you live under to the fear of losing your job, losing your income, and then ultimately losing your house—it's just not worth it. You, houses are great, and I'm not preaching against stuff. But what I'm saying is, you know, when I got married, Marilyn and I got married, we bought a, our first house was a tiny house, tiny. We paid fifty-six thousand dollars for it. People pay more for a car today than. Than that, my our first mortgage was fifty thousand. It freaked me out when I borrowed fifty thousand. Our repayments were six hundred a month. Today it's a little different, but you can still get houses. You've got to be smarter. And I'm just saying, you know, our hope is not in stuff. Our hope's in Jesus. And when you get your priorities right, and the Bible says in Matthew 6, one of my favorite scriptures, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all those things will be added unto us. And there's a whole list in Matthew 6 of those things. So the things that are important to us, the things that we work so hard for, we need to realize that they're not that important. You know, family, I often say, The greatest church I'll ever pastor is my own family. The people around me. The friends that I have and the hope that I have. So forgiveness for our past. We have a hope for our future. And thirdly, we receive the promise of eternal life. How amazing is that? John 3.16, for God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I don't know if you think about eternity, but for me, it freaks me out. It freaks me out for this reason, because we live with a beginning and an end. The day starts, the day ends, the month starts, the month ends, the year starts, but eternity is going on forever, and ever, and ever, and ever. I can't get my head around that, so I don't try. But one thing I do know is that we have this amazing gift that God's given to us. Amazing, God's amazing gift, the forgiveness of our sin, our selfishness, and the grace to live with dignity in this present world, and a glorious hope for our future with the bonus of eternal life. Why am I a Christian? Because the gift of salvation changed everything. The gift of salvation. And what I, what I love to see happen is when somebody makes a commitment to become a Christian, they're not perfect. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, I, I can't, I, God wouldn't accept me. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. You know, people say, I couldn't come into a church because the whole building might collapse. I'm such a bad person. We're all sinners. (laughs) But by the grace of God, go all of us. But we have this incredible salvation through Jesus. And in the last couple of minutes that I've got left, let me read to you from John chapter 1, verses 12 to 13. It reads like this. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. You have been, if you're a Christian tonight, you've been born by God are loved by God. You have all of His love. You have all of His favor. You have a rich life ahead of you. You have an amazing future. You have forgiveness for your past. You have a hope for your future. And you have the promise of eternal life through Jesus. He's given you that opportunity to set your life up. You are set to win. And God's going to bless you me remind you tonight why you're a Christian. Remind yourself that when you go out into the marketplace tomorrow, whether it's into the workplace or into university or college or high school or primary school if you're young tonight, remind yourself how blessed you are. You're a blessed person. You walk in forgiveness. You walk in hope. And you have the promise of eternal life. Isn't that good? and isn't it worth sharing it with others in a natural way you know something the more spiritual you become the more natural you become God hasn't called us to be weird God doesn't want you to be weird you know we don't stand on street corners with scriptures yelling at people judgment, fire, hell, brimstone we don't don't do that Jesus never did that he just loved people Zacchaeus, up a tree, come down I'm going to come to your house as a result, his life was dramatically changed. You know, it's as simple as that. It's just reaching out. It's loving people and realizing that God's grace is incredible. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, tonight, we just thank you so much for your grace. We thank you so much for your forgiveness. That we've been forgiven. Guilt is gone. The old is gone, the new has come. We have a glorious hope and an incredible future with you forever. So, Lord, I pray tonight in the name of Jesus that we would be challenged. We would be challenged in the world we live to make a difference, to reach out to people around us and love on them like you have loved on us. So we honor you, thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I went one minute over. Forgive me. Thanks for listening to the message today brought to you by Life Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.